Mm-hmm. I am so tired. That's why I had tried to um, see if you wanted to meet earlier so I could get into my bed. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Roseanne Thorns. Hey, love bugs, and welcome to another episode of the Roseanne Thorns podcast. As always, I am P. Ryan, and let me tell y'all something. I know I joke a lot about being an auntie, but this episode will prove to you that I am nothing but auntie vibes. And you can't be a real auntie if you don't have a gaggle of aunties behind you who are willing to have conversations. So I am excited. Everybody, please welcome my sister auntie in spirit, Miss Rhonda. Hello, hello, everyone. Hey. <laughs> oh my now, goodness, I'm so excited, but I'm so nervous. For what? It's going to be fun. For? I don't know. You know, just... For the people to hear this annoying voice of mine and then my ideas and my thoughts. So first of all, let I me tell you about that negative spirit. We're just Okay, gonna... <laughs> all right. Look, 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 look. Get me together. Get me together, child. We you are know, gonna, you we are gonna <laughs> cast that negative spirit out in the name. Okay. There's all nothing right. to be nervous about. We're just here having a good kiki. Do you have a cocktail? You know what? I do not. I do. Oh, you didn't come prepared. Okay. <laughs> look, I'm just ready for the conversation. I didn't even and you know when we kiki we always got a cocktail Rhonda, and most times mm-hmm. too much let me tell you the times i have left your home not feeling <laughs> well not feeling Ooh, well. What, a, mm-hmm. what a night what a night <laughs> <laughs> well the way we kick the show off is by you introducing yourself to the people so just take a moment tell us who you be wow okay so my name is Rhonda. i'm from north philadelphia hey <laughs> So I'd be proud to say I'm from North Philly. Heard you. Um, Used to live there. Yes. So I'm from North Philly. I currently, I still stay in the city. I went to Girls High. I went to Penn State. And I also went to Temple Mm -hmm. in regards of education. And I'm proud alumna of all of those institutions of education. But I know sometimes you got to reel it in, your excitement or being proud of uh, your schools because they be tripping. Schools do trip. Okay. Listen, in light of everything that's going on, mm-hmm. it is together. But we know that we're not here for that today. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing that we're going to get into today is like my passion for service and my passion for you know being a mentor mm-hmm. and being mentored. Even being 28 years old, like I still have a lot of life to live, and I'm still learning every day. So I just want to pass on what I have in regards to my wisdom, my knowledge, and my experience to others that's younger than me, especially in the inner city, because I think it's definitely needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it for now. I don't want to get too much into it. Yeah, and, don't give the people everything when you just meet them. Okay, but we'll get into it. Okay, all right. <laughs> now, in addition to being an educated individual, in addition to being um, one with so much life and so much to offer the world, Girl, we didn't mean no educational. Uh, well, we maybe we kind of did. We were getting a different type of education. We met mm-hmm. in yes, uh, <laughs> in a very unique setting. So uh, unique. the people who know me from um, outside of the Roseanne Thorns podcast, now you're going to get to know me inside the Roseanne Thorns podcast. And if you know one thing about me, a piece of me is that I. I don't, wouldn't say used to be. I still am. I'm a bottle girl. Really, girl? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I can sling drinks. I can sling bottles. And I met you in a bottle girl setting. So um, <laughs> when I was just hard up on my luck trying to figure out, Lord, how am I going to make a coin? The spirit yes. set. <laughs> yes. 
A quick coin. A, a quick, quick coin. coin. How could I Don't make a quick coin? Don't require too much work. I just show up and go and count my coins. That's right? it. The I don't got to I got to clock out. I don't got to do no paperwork. I don't do nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> the spirit done told me, listen, get you down to the bartending school, get you a bartending license, and then the world will be yours. So what did I do? I hustled up the little money that I had, and I went down to the bartending school. And who was there trying to be a bottle girl to? Miss Rhonda. Okay. <laughs> yes. And ever since that moment, we have cackled, we keyed, we were trying to figure out how to make these drinks. Sometimes we were making up our own type of stuff. Talk but about it. it was so, it was such a fun experience. It taught me so much about myself and how, you know, I can, you know, figure things out when my back is against the wall. But mm-hmm. I loved how we kind of created a relationship outside of this, Rhonda. Mm-hmm. One of the highlights is that me and you, we bumped heads together and mm-hmm. you were like, bitch, you trying to work a job? And I was like, yes, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> Listen. Next thing I know, we're out here bartending for, the, what, the future Democratic leaders of Philadelphia? Hello? Listen. <laughs> I, it was one of those, it was a gala. And I came across this opportunity in my Penn State alum group chat. Mm-hmm. So we just finished our classes, and it was like, we're looking for a bartender. I said, well, look at the universe. I got I'm a bartender. <laughs> I'm a bartender. Everybody, look, everybody wasting time messaging in the group. I sent that person a direct message, me, right? And I was like, she was like, oh, can you do it by yourself? I was like, no, but yeah, I can, but I know somebody else I'm an ex, right? And let <laughs> and me I tell you. I kindly hit you up because... Even when we were in bartending school, like the laughs that we got, whether it was out loud or just in our mind, just listening to these people talk around us, we had an interesting bartending class. Yes, it was a good time. (laughs) And we, that good time really trickled over into that time that we bartended that event because it it was just everything. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. And at the end, we split a hefty coin. We did. We We true. (laughs) Okay. So apparently the people love the services. All right. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And we got the network at the same time. Mm -hmm. You knew some people there. I knew other people that I wasn't expecting to be there. So it just worked itself out. It was a fun experience. They loved the drink you made. So you was killing. Listen, and again, what did I say? Ever since bartending school, we were just putting things together. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And now what I will say too is, you know, I really consider you a blessing in my life because even after that event, you mentioned how you were the one who orchestrated it. You even orchestrated another opportunity, right? So the reason I called myself a bottle girl is because after that moment, I started picking up a consistent hustle doing advertising for different alcohol brands. And the person who put me onto that was you. Yep. Mm-hmm. The person that put me onto that was my mentor. Now, let me tell you something about my mentor. My mentor Come on, mentorship. hustler. Mm-hmm. Okay? Her, her spirit is busy. But, you know, she gets the job done and she is impacting so many lives and she is collecting the coins along the way. Surely so is. She's been doing that for years. And she was like, well, since you went to bartender school, you want to do this? I said, yep. And she was like, yeah, they always look up for people. And I said, and I got a plus one to me, too. And what I do, hit you up and you hop right on it. You actually lasted longer than I did. Listen, we have keyed about that experience, too. But again, shout out to your uh, mentor. I'll just say her name, Nequetta. Mm-hmm. A beautiful spirit, a beautiful soul. But I will say also, you know, you are just a reflection and she is just a reflection of you. Because that beautiful soul that we see in her, we also see in you. Like, even just from this little talk that we have, has it even been five minutes? You mm-hmm. have 
exemplified how when you get a blessing, you pass it on. And I think that's a fabulous segue to go into your passion for service and your passion for mentorship. So please tell the people about your organization and um, the fabulous programming that you constantly put on. Okay. So last year I launched the Ready Initiative and Ready is an acronym for Resiliency, Enrichment, and Development for You. So I had this program on my mind for so many years. I would say since 2015. Mm-hmm. I've always thought about it and I'm like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I'm like, okay. But last year I had this encounter with a student and he wrote me this beautiful letter, like just saying, thank you. And it just inspired me so much. And I'm like, you know what? Let me launch Ready. And I did it. So Ready is essentially a college readiness program for students to help them navigate the college experience. I think in the city, we do a good job of providing resources to help students get to college. But once they get to college, their ability to navigate that experience may not be there, right? Because we're first generation, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. depending on the type of school that we went to, our parents, our family members may not be familiar. And higher education is changing so often. So I just thought that this program would be great for you know, the students of the inner city, I would love to expand it, but I'm just starting, you know, in Philly. I'm trying to get my my friends and family from North Philly or any part of the city just to come to the program. And what I do is I just give them different tools. So I teach them about time management in advance. I teach them about the importance of your FAFSA. I teach them about, um, I give them different resources, like, oh, this is how you should study. This is your learning style. You know, all of those different things that's so important because they're available at universities. You know what I'm saying? But if I don't know to look for them, how am I going to take advantage of them? And the wild thing is, not only like if you don't know to look for them, a lot of times they're available at universities, but they're not outwardly available. Right? Like when you walk onto the campus grounds, it's not like, hey, take this until you got an F. Hello? Or right. So your teacher see you struggling. Like I've been struggling all this time. So Mm -hmm. what, what, like you should have been told me this. Yeah. So now working in higher education, doing academic coaching, you know, being an advisor, you know, and just working with student success and retention, I knew that this is information that's free here. And I'm going to take it back to, I'm going to take it back to my folks. You know, I'm going to take it back to my people and I'm going to teach them because we're getting to college. We have the ability, but Mm -hmm. we just lack the skills. And sometimes we lack the tools to be able to see it all the way through. I love that you highlighted that because, you know, Mm -hmm. you were getting into college, but even when I was an undergrad, I saw so many of my friends who I, or, you know, people I was acquainted with who like, we all started off together, but slowly they'd be falling out. Right. And for reasons Mm -hmm. that could be managed. And the questions that, you know, myself and some of my peers used to ask is like, yo, why aren't the teachers reaching out and giving resources? Why isn't anyone helping you before, you know, Mm -hmm. you take that F and you, you fall out of the program? Exactly. And, you know, a funny, it's not even funny, but it was like, I never forget the first meeting, like large meeting I had at Penn State. It was like, look to your left, look to your right. You know, the people that you see, you may not see when you graduate. Like, what? That's wild. What? Like, so we all came here for a degree. Yeah. So at that time, I was like, okay, cool. Right. But now as I have grown, you know, and working in higher education now, being a, being a social worker, I'm just like, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. And who's, who's hurting the most from this situation? Like the students coming from the inner city. We are product of a broken school district. It, 
layers, okay? Right. So right. the purpose of Ready, in short, was just to provide this service to the kid, the students of our community, just to help them see it through. Another component that isn't like really official about Ready that happens during the event. So this is an in-person event. Well, it was last year. Um, it was an in-person <laughs> Shout event. Shout out to COVID. Where, <laughs> yes, where I wasn't just talking at them. Like it was engaging. So I gave all of the students a packet and I said, okay, this is an experience you're going to have in college. And we had like different tables set up and they had to go to the different tables, which represented different offices on campus. And I'm like, now, which is scenario, what office do you need to go to? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the volunteers had a script that they had. To, it was, it's really engaging. It's very fun. And it really forces the students to like really think like, Oh, I got this financial aid issue. Who should I talk to? Or oh, I can't register for classes. Who should I talk to? Mm. Because sometimes we don't know those things. And yes. sometimes we learn from our peers like, oh, I had that situation. You should do this. You should talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Why don't I know that in advance? And it's you not know, obvious, so. right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I love mm-hmm. how you even brought up the situation where it's just like, okay, I have this financial aid issue. Some people might be like, well, duh, go to the financial aid office. But girl, you might get up in there and the first thing they tell you is, no, send us an email, right? So then you got to know to be like, oh, can I actually talk to so-and-so who's yes. in this office, but like down the hallway, around the corner and up the three mm-hmm. stairs? Mm-hmm. Oh, or let me talk to my college and see if they got some scholarships available. So yes. I'm telling them it's oh, multiple so. people on campus, the multicultural student affairs office. They got a scholarship. They got some money in their budget. Like, what's up? What we doing? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share this knowledge. And I would say, like, I'm I'm not an expert, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not yet. But <laughs> I'm giving informal and formal information. So I'm I'm like, hey. Boom, this is FAFSA, this is time management, this is how you learn about your learning style, this is how you learn, boop, 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 boop. Also, let me get you game real quick. Mm-hmm. And because we need to talk to our students and we need to talk to our peers, our kids, our, you know, we just need to have conversations and those conversations aren't being had. So there's many conversations to have in our community, but I just wanted to focus on that. So that is Ready. And I'm so excited about Ready and it's, it has a lot of great potential but I just got to get out my way and just see them through. Uh, see, see, <laughs> I was about to just give you your laurels and just say, <laughs> yes, I am also excited for Ready and I'm excited to see how um, this organization grows. But here you mm-hmm. go saying something to just pull my wig back a little bit. <laughs> you getting in your way. Talk about yes. it. Talk about it. So even thinking about Ready this year, right? I had a great turnout last year. It was the perfect amount of students. You know, I still keep in touch with the participants. So I had one student that went to Lincoln. I had one student that went to Pitt. I had one student that went to Widener. You know, so I keep Side in touch Side note, with are them. you writing this down? For what? The people who went to Lincoln, the people who went to Pitt, the people who went to Widener. Because that, that's data. I hope you got I that in your notebook. <laughs> I got it. It's, it's all up here. And okay. I, I, I've written it down. Okay. But um, I talked to them throughout you know, their first year of school, how are you doing? You know, what are you struggling with? How are you doing your first round of exams? I work in higher education, so I know, like, kind of like the timeline. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like midterm time, so let me check in. Oh, I know we do EAP, so how you talk to your faculty member, you're going to office hours. So it was like a sense of mentorship. And I know that if I can continue that in the future, that'd be ideal. But getting in my way is that Ready has potential to be so big but I prefer for it to stay kind of intimate. You mm-hmm. know, I think in 
in regards to like me being able to manage it because it's just me. Yeah. You know, and in the past I had um a guy that wanted to do ready with me and he was he was excited. But then I was like, hold up, partner. Like, you're moving too fast. Like, you're yeah. trying to take my ideas, make it your own. You're trying to figure out how you can maximize on it. And mm-hmm. I got very protective. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to work with you because you're making this something that I'm not ready for it to be. Like, I need this to be baby mm-hmm. steps. I need this to be, I need it to be where I'm at so that I can experience it and then move it up. He wanted to. I'm like, whoa, wait, hold up. Ronnie, you're about minute. to make me close my laptop. I'm going to just let you know this right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so go ahead go ahead so um that was one partner potential partner that didn't work out and now i wanted to become bigger you know i wanted to elevate but elevation come with me having a brand and me having a following mm-hmm. and the little bit that i know about branding and following requires social media and let me tell you something about this auntie i love me some twitter the twitter right like, no. mm-hmm. <laughs> i love twitter but you lost me when you get to Facebook and Instagram. It requires would, too much. I would love to step in right now, right? Because I yeah. hear you and, I, and I appreciate you for being so vulnerable and sharing your concerns when it comes to the growth of your organization. First of yeah. all, I, I really want to affirm you in the fact that, you know, you were able to set limits with these people who came in and tried to kind of like shift things because mm-hmm. you really wanted to maintain what it sounds like the integrity of what you saw for the program. Exactly. That said... When I hear you say, I'm just one person, mm-hmm. when I hear you say, I don't know Facebook, when I hear you say all these things, the thing that's coming back in my spirit is just like, well, you being one person is enough, girl. Yeah. That's, that's me getting right? in my way, though. So Her, that's, right, that's, right. That's where it's at. Because I'd be like, all right, Rhonda, COVID going on, like, we still got to get this information out, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, create already this, create already that, and start posting, you know? But I know that posting come with engagement mm-hmm. and that requires me to, I mean, I already have the creativity, right? In my mind, I have all of the ideas. If I can just have somebody else to kind of see it through, mm-hmm. but that's me getting in my way because I need to do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it. And so I think there's an interesting, you know, thing that's coming up right now. You're talking about mm-hmm. all the fabulous mentorship that you've done. You've seen people mm-hmm. go to multiple universities from your community, right? That mm-hmm. is data. That is mm, that is proof of the success of your organization already. Right. I I love how you're high, you're in it, you're providing an example of the message that you can be this fabulous mentor and still need somebody to speak life into you. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. And I do have my mentors, like they do speak life into me. They do hold me to the fire. They do hold me accountable, you know. And one thing about me is that I say things just because if it's in the universe, I got to get it done. Like I yeah. have to say it. Yeah. So I think even with this conversation now, you know, just me acknowledging it, you know, saying it out loud and now people hearing it, you know, it's like, all right, Rhonda, you said it now. You know what you know what you're doing. You know what you, you need to get tighten done. up. Yeah, and I know yeah. what I need to get done. So I gotta tighten up, and I have to make it happen. But it just comes with like the the ebbs and flows of like just trying to do so much and mm-hmm. trying to pay it forward. And it's not always as simple as you think it's going to be. It requires time. It requires energy. It requires commitment. It requires all of these things. And I know that that's something that I need to strengthen. And then once I become stronger in those fields, 
then I can, you know, pass it along. But the yeah. thing about it is I already, I already be paying it for it. I'd be like, no, you need to do that. Don't tell me you got an idea. I'm be like, ah, oh, you need to do that. What you need me to do? But I just need to do it to myself. You spoke a word for the listeners because there are a lot of us who are in the same situation. Not only mm-hmm. are we making things happen, but we recognize that there's so much more that we can mm-hmm. make happen. And the mm-hmm. same things, the same ways that we can show up for people and be effective and tell folk, listen, don't tell me about your idea. Make that idea happen. We need to redirect that word right into ourselves. We need to move out of the space of just being givers of advice, but we need to be takers of the advice that we give. And so I encourage you on today and I'm excited for, I know that you are going to make ready larger. I again, Mm -hmm. want to affirm the fact that you have already impacted the lives of so many students. It can only Mm -hmm. go for, it can only go further. Exactly. Exactly. So we already there. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to mentorship, you have a passion for black women and black girls and talking about their issues. So Mm -hmm. I want to talk about uh, something that you tweeted as early as yesterday. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you were like, this is what you tweeted. I'm ready to have the conversation about the alarming numbers of Black girls and women gone missing. There have been talking points about these trends in a few social media posts, but I believe that lacks depth. This needs to be discussed and addressed ASAP. So me being me, I don't really know too much about the alarming numbers of Black girls and Black women missing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like throughout... Um, over the past couple of years, you've heard different things. And there have been moments, you know, having Black women and Black girls in my life, I've been mm-hmm. like, ooh, in this area, I've been texting my homegirls, watch out. But I really didn't know, you know, I really wanted to, like, understand the numbers. So mm-hmm. I went to the internet. And mm-hmm. Women's Media Center News said that six years ago, they highlighted how the hashtag Bring Back Our Girls started to bring awareness to the almost 300 girls in Nigeria who were being kidnapped by Boko Haram. In 2017, the hashtag came back again because the girls getting kidnapped, the attention moved from Nigeria to Washington, D.C. So there were a huge number of girls who were being kidnapped at that time, right? And that's when I started texting my homegirls like, you all right? You good? Be careful. Mm -hmm. Now, this article that I was reading, and it was from February 2020, again from Women's Media Center News, said that there's an estimated 64,000 to 75,000 Black women and girls currently in the U.S. who are missing. Mm. And so I really wanted to take this moment. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I wanted to shut up and give you space as a Black woman to provide your reactions to this current condition. You know what? It's it's so many layers. It's a very complex topic to even dive into because mm-hmm. when I tweeted that yesterday, I tweeted it because constantly on my timeline, I recently, recently, this person missing, that person missing. Oh, this woman is missing. This young girl is missing. I'm just mm-hmm. like, wait, that's a different person from the day before. Yeah. Who who are all of these black women and young girls missing? And why? And why? Like mm-hmm. what is going on? Yeah. And being from Philadelphia, you know, I see posts. So it's different types of posts, right? So you know the Facebook posts and the Twitter posts. Heard we you. both know there is a difference. There, there is a difference. Is a big difference. Mm-hmm. It's a big, big difference. But when I get on Facebook, you know, just to catch up on everybody's tea. I, don't know, so I just be there for the tea. 
And oh, my girlfriend's daughter missing. My grandfather, my grand, my girlfriend's son missing. You know, on Facebook, my initial thought is, are they missing or did they run away? Mm-hmm. Because I, that that context is important, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, did they run away? Because being a, a former family therapist, I had clients that ran away all the time, right? So I'm like, okay, did they run away? What like what I need context. I'm not the type of person that, you know, quick to respond. I'm just not that's just not me. Like I need context. I need to think. I need to process. Mm-hmm. I need as much information as possible for before I get out here and just talk. Because one thing about me is like I'm really big on accountability. And I'm really big on the idea that whatever I say, I'm backing up because what I said is what I meant. Yeah. Okay. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to receive, but that's just how I move. So just seeing, you know, on Facebook, the missing, I'm like, well, did they run away? Because that lends itself to another conversation that needs to be had. Mm. Like these, these, the, the youth in the city, from my experience, and I'm only going to speak from my experience and from what I know, you know, is that they're running away because of something that's going on in the home most times. Right. So yeah. it could be different forms of abuse. It could be neglect. It can it could be so many reasons. Or, you know, let's call a spade a spade. They probably hide in the pants. They want to go stay with boyfriend and girlfriend. They they ain't wanna follow the rules. You know, so so many different reasons. So when so I see that over there on Facebook and I'm like, we need to do something. Like it's so many layers to this that we need to address. Yeah. And we know what's going on in the city. We know what's going on with our community. Let's just talk about our community. We mm-hmm. know. So I'm like, we need to, we got it's so much work to be done. And where do you start? Right? Because you can jump in there. And as soon as you jump in there, you burnt out. Right. Because right. it's not only one issue. There's so many issues. And once you get to the root of that issue, you realize that that's not even the beginning. That's been going on for years. That's generational. That's that's something that's communal. It's just it's so many layers to it. On Twitter, when I see... I'm seeing girls missing from all over the country at this point, right? Yes, so it's yes. not local. Now it's broadening. I'm seeing, I'm seeing these. Oh, retweet, retweet, retweet. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's not enough. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, and it's just, I just struggle with the words to really kind of express the feelings because my feelings are so loaded. Yeah. Right. It's exhausting. I am. I am. You know. You know. It's. I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired. And it's just like, for me personally, I'm just like, if you think you're tired now, if I was to really, really get into it, I know that I would be in a constant state of rage. And I'm Mm. not there yet where I'm in that constant state of rage. I'm kind of in survival mode. You know what I'm saying? So you just take that information and you just move different and you like you do, like you reach out to your friends, you know, you saw this, be careful, be careful, be careful. But that ain't on us to be, like, we got to be careful. Like, we already taught that. Yeah. But why do our lives have to be so, not policed in a sense, but why do our li- why do we have to go above and beyond to be in careful. order to, mm-hmm. to be careful? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, that's, Thank you for saying that's that. not on us. That's yeah. not on us. You know what I'm saying? So let's get to mm-hmm. the root of these issues, whether it be the sex trafficking that is crazy mm-hmm. right like if you look into sex trafficking the data that's there i watched this interview on a breakfast club with this lady i wish i would have looked i should have looked up her name and she was sex trafficked before 
she was running the sex trafficking rink and now yeah. she's saving girls, right? Mm-hmm. And she said this one story, it's on The Breakfast Club, please look it up, y'all. It's a really good interview. It, it's, it can be heavy on your spirit, so let me get that trigger warning. Yeah. But it's a good interview. But she was telling the story about how she was in New York and she heard about a sex trafficking ring that was happening in West Philly. Oh shit, cause you yeah. a little bit too close to home. It was happening in West Philly and she had to save some girls, but it's because she know the life. You know what I'm saying? And this is, it's too much information out there of the impact that it's having on black women and black young girls. And I'm, I'm not trying to exclude that it's not happening in other populations. But oh no, but our focus them. today, yeah, no, I'm our not, focus I'm not today. here for them. Yeah. I'm not here for them. I'm talking about black women because I'm a black woman. It's just mind blowing and it's, it's yeah. scary. It's scary. Rhonda, I have a question for you. Not even a question, but I, there are two things that I want to pull out from what you were saying. Because when you were talking about how the messages you saw on Facebook, you were like, all right, let's be real. This person's missing, but did they run away? And you said on mm-hmm. Twitter, you were just like, all right, you're seeing it not only in your community. So the mm-hmm. question of did they run away kind of gets a little blurry. You're seeing it in multiple communities. Can yeah. we bridge the, the gap? And talk about the let's bridge the gap between the messages on Facebook and Twitter and talk about how complex this issue is, right? Because going back to that article that I read, you know, when you talk about black, uh, missing black women and missing black girls, I love how you pinpointed that, that topic of being a runaway. Because the article mentioned that so many, there's like an overrepresentation mm-hmm. of black women and black girls who are classified. Mm-hmm as just runaways mm-hmm, and guess, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thing to point out because runaways don't get amber alerts they runaways do don't get that larger exposure to say hey look out for so-and-so they're missing runaways yeah. just get okay that's on them they'll come back when they come back nor do they get the attention of the systems that's supposed to protect us mm. right so mm. if i if like if if somebody run away you can't you gonna go to the police you oh how long they been how long they been missing? Why is that your like? Okay, now you know how long they be missing. Now what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you what the police do <laughs> when with these tif- these cases because I know that's not where my people go. Well, my family. I'm talking about my family. Yeah. Like we gonna we gonna work within our network to try to make it happen. We gonna make the report for formalities, but that's just a formality. Like we're not even depending on this system which is like the police or detectives or whatever to warrant any type of results. Yeah. So we got to go above and beyond and say, okay, let's, let's hit the ground. Let's, let's, we, I mean, it depends on the circumstances with my family. Like, are we knocking on doors or are we just like trying to talk to different people and just see, but it's just, it's exhausting because when you think about runaways or you think about missing, let's just say missing, what work is being done? Like, I would love to know mm. what is the procedure mm-hmm. for when this is happening? Because it's at an alarming rate for Black women. Yeah. And we're already, in a sense, I, I don't like the word disposable. Um, I don't like the word invisible because that's, mm. that, that's, that's really complex and it, it's loaded. And I haven't processed those words because I don't identify with the words, mm-hmm. right? I don't think I'm invisible. I don't think I'm disposable. Right. But I know that as a collective, you know, sometimes Black women may identify as that. Like, I see those words a lot in the conversation uh, in light of, like, everything that's going on. But Would you say that I, they identify invisible. as it? Or would you say that they're positioned as that? 
That's a good point. I would say position. Mm. I would say position because it's, I, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. And that's, yes. that's the goal. Yes. Like, I want to speak for myself. I don't want to speak on behalf of all black women. I really don't because I don't want to misspeak. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to generalize because sure. we have very different walks of life. Mm-hmm. We have very different experiences. So when I say position, yeah, because we got to work so much harder to accomplish things, to get the respect and get the get the acknowledgments that mediocrity gets mm. across the board. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I did that. So why you ain't see me when I did that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's just so loaded, the experience. But I'm, I kind of lost my train of thought, so I kind of want to try to bring it back yeah. to what I was saying before in regards to, like, the invisible piece and disposable. And I said that because I was thinking about the processes that we experience when we do report something that's going on in regards to being missing or being a runaway. It's reported now what? Like, what are y'all doing? Mm -hmm. And clearly, Mm -hmm. there's no evidence that what you're doing is effective because of the numbers, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, we are more than a trending topic. We are more than a hashtag. Speak about it. You know, it. and yeah. it's, this needs to be addressed. Like, what is going on? I don't want to rely on the media, you know, because that's you, right? That's that's that own experience over there. I don't want to, first of all, I don't, who can we rely on? It's, it becomes so loaded. Like, who can we rely on but ourselves or, you know, but our community? But then we got so many other battles we fight in. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't say that our battle get pushed to the side, but it's just, we've we got to acknowledge that the priorities can range. And then where do this fall in those priorities? So when I tweeted that yesterday, yeah. that's that's what hit me because it shook me to my core. Like my spirit was off. Mm-hmm. It was just, I kept seeing it, but this one, that one time that I saw it, that's when it clicked. And I was like, nah, something not right here. Something not right. I really just want to highlight some of the things you are driving because there are so many piece, important pieces to what you're saying. One, Black women carry a lot of the movements and do a lot of the work that we see on a communal level, right? You mm-hmm. mentioned uh, something along the lines of that. I love how you're framing all of this in a social media context, t- saying how, you know, you're not just a hashtag. Earlier mm-hmm. in this conversation, you said retweets are not enough. Mm-hmm. You're not just a trending topic. And you if we're going to call a thing a thing, that's what we see a lot of the time. A lot. And I love how you're saying what's next. I just want to, you know, put a trigger warning out there, but I want to just list some stats. Um, again, from this article coming from uh, Women's Media Center News, that African-American girls comprise over 40% of domestic sex trafficking victims in the U.S. Um, domestic. 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 Mm-hmm. Reports are saying that approximately 60% of Black girls are sexually assaulted before turning 18. And even conservative estimates indicate that at least 40% of Black girls are sexually victimized before their 18th birthdays. And the layers. What's, <laughs> the layers. So many layers. And then even when we talk about layers like homelessness, poverty, that can impact, you know, Black girls and Black women running away, being victimized, being abducted, right? There's so many layers going on here. And 
you know, just as how you were shook to your core, your spirit was shook. What was triggering me, because, you know, going back to social media, down to the Twitters, we're seeing this conversation of Black women constantly speaking out, constantly providing examples of mm-hmm. ways that their lives are not being valued, providing constant examples of ways that, you know, they're being assaulted and nobody's listening. And mm, with all of this happening, there are mm-hmm. Black uh Twitter, Black community, outside of the Black community, members, people in general, right? Let me, let me mm-hmm. be intentional about these words. There are people in general who engage in victim blaming and who also like still have question marks and scrunched up fa- faces when we say protect Black women. Mm-hmm. And I get so confused about that because we even saw that last week. There are people who were talking about, there are Black women who were talking about their sexual assault. There are Black women talking about being missing. And you <sighs> see different people responding like, what? What are you talking about? What are your responses, Rhonda, to the ways that we, um, who don't identify with Black womanhood, respond to Black womanhood? What are my responses? A lot of, a lot of my responses are written in my journal. Mm. And I would say a lot of my responses are situational. So I... It's hard for me to have a response. It's not hard for me to have a response generally because it's right is right and wrong is wrong. And this is what it is. And we're going to acknowledge it. We're going to hold you accountable. And that's what it's going to be. So my response varies every time. I'm not going to lie to you. And sometimes my responses forces me to check myself and to check my privilege Mm. because even as a black woman, I have certain levels of privileges that aren't afforded to other people, whether that be because of my income, whether that be because of my education level, whether that be because I'm in therapy. All right. Let's talk about it. I think that sometimes I got to check myself and be like, you know what, Rhonda, like, that ain't you 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 moving funny like you're not responding you're not you're not looking at this picture wholly and Mm. so my responses vary because you know based off of the information that is provided you know you can't stay surface level with these topics Mm. because there's so many layers so my responses come from the context of what we're talking about because if I can't even give an example, but I just like to address everything in its whole. And yeah. I don't like yeah. having no surface level conversations. Like, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Like, like, let's talk about it. Yeah. And because it comes with everything comes with so many nuances and everything is so complex when it comes to the black woman and the black woman experience and different environments or just in general, how like our lives, you know, it's, it's just, it's very loaded. So yeah. to that, I say, my response varies every time, yeah. but I will say that when it when I do respond, you know, I'm not. I respond with my heart and my intention and my spirit being to contribute to the conversation in a productive manner. Yeah, you know, and I think sometimes we get so we get we get so caught up in survival mode. Not we. I'm going to say I. I. I get so caught up in survival mode that I only see one one target. Like, I'm just 
this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm trying to live a life where I can just kind of see everything, like all sides of these different situations. Like, why did this, how did we even get here? Yeah. You know, and whether it be internal within our community or if it's outside of our community and these different interactions that we have with others, there's always a deeper conversation to be had. You know, so when I respond, you know, I try to respond in a space where what I'm saying can be received. I can learn and I can educate and I can just yeah. speak for, on behalf of myself. And that's what I try to do. Speaking of your response, you really touched on something that's so important. You highlighted that your privileges, some mm-hmm. of the privileges that you hold can impact the ways that you respond to different groups who may not have that privilege. Do you mm-hmm. find like when you do kind of that self self-reflection do you find mm-hmm. that sometimes your privileges can also inform the ways you respond to other black women who may not have those privileges because i'm just oh, thinking sure. about the ways that like somehow sometimes when we as oppressed people gain certain privileges we sometimes become the oppressor yeah hmm. I, I would like to say that i'm not i'm not an like an oppressive type of person you know what i'm saying like i'm not hmm. condescending i don't look down on people yeah. you know i meet people where they at And I have the duality in the person that I am is that I can go in different environments and be able to adapt and adjust. You know what I'm saying? Like I joke with my friends all the time, like, and they know sometimes you may get, you know, JT, sometimes you may get Jill Scott, sometimes you may get Janae, you know, it's, I got so many different sides of me where I can, I'm versatile. And I think all black women are versatile, you know what I'm saying? Because we can't afford to be one way or one layer. Mm-hmm. Like we have too much depth to our experience that we can't afford that. We have to be able to adapt and adjust and just be able to move in and out of these different experiences. Because again, it's kind of like a, a survival yeah. type of mechanism that we have. Um, but speaking of my privilege, you know, I do think that as someone that reflects, a lot, someone that thinks a lot, someone that's always, that want to learn. Like, I'm so eager to learn. When all these different events are happening, it's just like, sometimes it be catching me off guard and I just be like, wait, let me, let me form my own opinion. Mm -hmm. Let me do Mm -hmm. some research. Let me learn. You know what I'm saying? And I even do that before I try to even engage in conversations with people. You know what I'm saying? Because we can easily like, not become somebody else's opinion, but other opinions can be strong and it can, it can kind of become your own. It's just like, no, like, let me make sure I'm prepared. Like, you know, so, um, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a lot. And to, to the point, I, when I check my privileges, it do impact my reaction. Yeah. to things yeah and it's required it's required we have to we have to think about the way that we respond to stuff we just can't respond based off of emotion mm. that is uh i think that that is one of the biggest the like that's a i don't want to say mistake it's a word that i'm it's 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 not it's not beneficial for you to just always respond so emotionally to me. You know, you gotta, you gotta back your emotions up because emotions can be temporary. We know Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, so we don't, and we, and we also know that emotions can be skewed based off of perspective. 
It can, emotions can be received differently. You know, it's just so many. So we just got to, I don't know. Like, I just, it's just, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm like, I have so many thoughts in my mind. So it's like, I'm just like trying to catch them and be able just to like formulate them and put them into words. Because even when like preparing for this, like I knew I would get to this point where I wouldn't be able to kind of like even have a full conversation that I know I'm capable of and I know that is needed mm-hmm. because I just have so many emotions that be happening. It's a heavy topic. It is totally it a heavy be, topic, yeah. It'd be so many emotions. It'd be so many thoughts. It'd be a lot of dissonance with myself. You know, it's just like, well, why aren't you responding a certain way? Or why yeah. are you responding this way? When it's just like, well, check yourself. And then it's just like, well, no, you can you can agree to disagree with somebody. You can have your opinion that's based off of my experiences, you know, um, and it just comes with a lot of great dissonance because I just be having so many thoughts and I just be wanting. And then with me and with my thoughts, it just be like, I don't be wanting. If them thoughts become emotions, woo, let's talk about exhaustion, you know, and then they can easily just become so many emotions and they just like, well, what do I do with this? Like, what am I about to do with these emotions? You know, working out, self-care, all of that, that ain't enough. That ain't enough. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of just make me want to kind of just jump in and be like, all right, this is what I need to do. That's why I'm always, like, trying to find different ways that I can get involved, different, finding different organizations, you know, locally. I prefer to do local, you know. I give my coin when I got it, you know. I, I try to, at least. But I don't want to just be a financial person. I want to be on the ground. Like, I want to yeah. do the work. Yeah. I want, it's important. I want to do the work. I want to be in the mix. You know, I want to be on the front line. I want to just do what I can. And sometimes, you know, it's a lot of, it's to be a lot of people, a lot of people in the kitchen and a lot of people with opinions. A lot of people yeah. got a lot to say, you know, a lot of people know the buzzwords. You know, I prefer to stay out that part of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Let me know when it's time to show up and do the work. I really want to thank you for being vulnerable and saying that, you know, this topic is so heavy that it really puts you in a space of emotions where sometimes you don't even know what to say, right? There's just so mm-hmm. many things, there's so many combating thoughts that sometimes it's even hard to to get a thought out. And I want to highlight that this, we want to create space for that. So mm-hmm. this podcast is to create community. And sometimes when you create in community, sometimes you don't even know what to say. I don't. Right. Let me tell you, I'd be the first on, to be like on certain topics. It's just like I, I don't, I don't know, but I know that I'm feeling something. And again, I'm saying that this topic is heavy, and it also runs deep. Another thing, we just we look at the response in regard to incidences that we see, like um, Nina Pop, mm-hmm. incidences mm-hmm. that we see, like Oluwatoyi and Salau, mm-hmm. um, incidences that we see. Like, um, I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak on her name. Um, but the names that you listed were enough. It's, it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. even enough, but why are there more names? Mm-hmm. Why are there like, and not just uh, Black cis women, right? There are Black trans women who mm-hmm. are also being affected by all of this, right? And I'm I'm so sorry that like um oh my goodness my mind like absolutely went blank with her name. Um Ayana Dior. 
So when we think of all of, it's, it's not just Black cis women, it's Black trans women. So Ayana Dior, um, it, she was uh, basically jumped, attacked. I don't even know what to call it. She was attacked by a crowd of over 30 men, right? Over something as small as a fender, be- fender, fender bender. Oh my goodness, words. And mm-hmm. then when we think of the responses, particularly by cisgender Black men to all of these mm-hmm. instances, some of the responses are negative. Some of the responses I would say are well-intentioned. But mm-hmm. I'm starting to see a lot of Black cis men asking, what can we do, right? And for me, that feels... As a Black cis man, it feels a little invalidating, right? Mm -hmm. Because Black women have been saying for the longest time, well, here's what you can do. And even Mm -hmm. thinking back to this conversation I recently read between Audre Lorde and um, James Baldwin. And Audre Lorde Mm -hmm. was literally like, Black women are saying, stop killing us. And James Baldwin is saying, well, what about the Black man's anger? How do we fix that? And I'm just like, you see that invalidation? Just the not listening? And so... Even though it's well-intentioned, you know, these, these voices saying, what can we do? How can we help? How do you react to that? Do you think it's a little performative? Do you think it's actually helping? Do you, like, how are you processing this? <laughs> you want to know something? I don't. Like, I don't. Because if you, gotcha. like, if you, if you wow. wanted to, wow. you would do it. Like, mm. you would, why do I have to tell you? Why do I have to tell you what to do? You would do? teach you know, yourself. And- you would, you would put yourself in black women's shoes. You would do what, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't be responsible. What can I do? You know, and you want to know something, not to even take it off of this topic. But for me, I got that question. Like, what can I do Mm -hmm. to help Mm -hmm. from, um, after all of the protests, you know, all of the deaths of these black men, the name, like the the list of names, it's just like, oh my goodness. But you know, my white counterparts would say, "Hey, Rhonda, reach out. Let me know what I can do." White people do that to us all the time. This is why I've been having my reactions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not responding. I'm not responding. Like I'm wrapped out. Like you already knew this was a problem. Mm-hmm. Don't come to me now because it's in your face and you uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm yeah. Not. Nah. Yeah. And I had to tell a few of them, I said, hey, you know, I received your message. Not right now. You know, when I'm ready to talk about it, you know, when I'm ready to even have this this conversation, because the conversation is being had. You can be a part of these conversations. You can be a part of trying to understand and not mm-hmm. even trying to understand. You see it. Yeah. It's there. Like, you know what's up. Like, you know what needs to change. You know what needs to happen. Don't ask me. To, to tell you what to do when it's already there. Like, it's point blank, period. Yeah. What we're saying, we're saying it. Mm. We are saying it. What more do you want me to say? And I think like, that is what... I'm not simplifying what... anything for you. Yeah. I'm not simplifying it. I'm not making it easy. I'm not doing none of that. Like, if you wanted to do something, you're going to do it. And that's how, we, that's how you're going to carry it. That's it. That's it. And I think that is definitely what triggers me, right? Because the same way in which um, a lot of my cis Black male brothers are asking, you know, what can we do? White people ask us that all the time. What can we do? And our response to that is, girl, what you mean, what can you do? Do you not see what's going on? And so that's why it just shows you again how when you have, when you obtain a certain privilege or when you fall into a certain privileged sphere, sometimes you can react in the same way 
that the oppressors that you are speaking out against act, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I think, you know, we need to definitely be mindful of. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you for engaging me in this conversation. I know we could go in depth um, for much longer, but I think mm-hmm. this bite did something to my soul and I hope it helped you. I know you're still <laughs> processing all of this. You want to know something? It's like, it was a heavy topic. I'm happy we had the conversation. My spirit is so heavy right now. Mm-hmm. And there is so much that I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And this is my experience often. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it takes a lot of processing. And this processing don't happen overnight. Sure. It'd be taking days. It'd be taking days. I'd be like, oh, like, so I just want to process everything. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to be faced with it very soon. Mm. again it's mm. going to happen again mm-hmm. whatever the circumstances right it's going to happen again so when it happens again and i have new feelings to process hopefully these these feelings are processed that can help me with the future ones to come yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. because it, it's just so much it's so much it's mm-hmm. so much it's it's loaded it's it's a it's a lot of conversations to be had but there's also a lot of intersectionality and that right there should be the pause that people take before they respond. Because it's, none of this stuff is a single layer. There's mm-hmm. so many layers to it. And we have to be mindful of the things that we say because words hurt, words have meanings, and words can hurt people. And, you know, even with the conversation that we had, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love the conversation that we just had. And I know that words can be heavy. And I just hope that I selected the right words where that the listeners can understand my heart, my spirit, and my intention behind what I said. And if I misspoke, you know what I'm saying? Let's have a conversation about it. Mm. Because it's needed. Like, we need to have a conversation where we're not judging each other, where we're not canceling people. You know, it it gets heavy. It gets cancel culture. I'm cancel culture. So <laughs> it's, it's it's a good key every once in a while, but then sometimes you be like, uh, let me, yeah, let me let me. So yeah, you know, I'm really having a a reaction right now. Um, a part of this show, what we do is we focus on life, and then we focus on relationships, and go into a mm-hmm. bit of a key key sec- uh, session section, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know if I want to do that today. Like, I, how are you feeling? Because we literally just moved out of a, a heavy topic. I don't want to be insensitive and just be like, all right, we'll go. Tell me about your relationships. <laughs> what are you feeling in this moment? How would you like to move forward? I want it. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with us continuing the conversation because this is, this is regular for me. You know, it's, like, yeah. I, have, I have to go from these loaded conversations to another conversation, you know, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. I want to or I don't most days. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it's, it's a sad reality, but yeah. for the sake, and I'm not saying, let me say this. I want the full experience of being on this podcast as gotcha. a listener, as, you know, a friend, mm-hmm. as a supporter. I want the full experience. I so I'm okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we will move forward, but I also just want to say, just because you are used to it, right? Used yeah. to going from one conversation to another, that's an invalidating experience. So you don't have yeah, to be yep. used to it on this. So I'm glad I um, could offer you that option, and I'm I'm happy to to make that transition. 
I appreciate that, and I appreciate you putting that on my spirit. That it's an invalidating experience that I don't have to accept, mm-hmm. and I don't have to. I don't have to normalize. Yeah. Because the way I just said it, I normalized it. Yeah. And you just yeah. telling me like, ah, no, no. Check <laughs> right. yourself. Right. Check that situation that you find that you find yourself in. Let's check that. So I received that. I really yeah. do. Well, the unofficial theme of season one of Rosé and Thorns is the essential work of life and relationships. Okay. And now you and I have had a few talks <laughs> off air. I remember us going down to what's it called the Mad Max and eating up all their wings and drinking their margaritas and having a good old time. You know they closed that Mad Max side note, but I'm sorry. They closed it in my heart. They, wait, ex- they closed the one in Winwood? Yes, they did. I yes, know you lying. Oh my gosh. No more big ass margaritas for us. <sighs> I am sick. Oh Cause you know, they closed the one in U city. Yeah. Yep. So my heart is so sick. Listen, I, when I saw that, I was like, mm, the last time I was there, I had the time of my life with you. Like They're just going to take those opportunities and experiences <laughs> away from me. Robin, I'm about to end the whole show. I'm really here. Uh, <laughs> yep. 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to really, take a chance. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> Well, we talked about life, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now we talked about our relationship with Wings, but let's also talk about (laughs) your relationship. Um, Specifically, you know, you described something, um, you gave me this sentence, and I'm just going to repeat it to the people. Um, You wanted to talk about embracing sexuality and your desires without overthinking, second-guessing yourself, or thinking about what others will think about you. Again, another loaded topic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the primary, when I said that statement, and when I think about sexuality, I'm thinking about the experience. So I am a heterosexual woman. woman. Um, I love men, right? Me too. Sometimes sometimes (laughs) the men don't be giving me enough because I be wanting a full experience yes but they be so quick to half-ass you i'm just like no that's not okay that's not okay yes i think that what i struggled with growing up and i'm doing the work with you and with you know others and just doing the work with myself of just saying it's okay if i want more it's okay for me to express it it's okay for me to want what i want Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I don't, you know, let's get creative. Let's have fun. Yes. Like, you know, because I think I want to have fun. I, I haven't had a lot of fun, but I'm now getting to the point where I can say, well, this is what I want. This is yeah. what I want you to do. So if I want you to choke me a little bit harder, let's do that. You know, yes. if I want us to invite different things into the bedroom, such as, you know, different toys and stuff like that, let's do that also. Uh, let me not be held back by thinking of well, how you going to think about me, mm-hmm. um, your ego, uh, yeah. and there's so many different things. So when I say sexuality, I say that because I want to be like my full self and not only on the outside, but in the bedroom also. And I don't want to feel like, okay, well, we did that. Thanks. Yeah. Like, that wasn't enough, but I mean, if that's what you got, all right. All right, you know, cool. like, no, that's not okay. And I, I just had to come to terms with that. Like, I'm tired of getting this one I'm yeah. tired of this couple minutes, and I don't be done. And then I got to, after you leave, then I got to do this. Like, no, like, I 
I done wasted time at this point because if that was the case, I could have left you out. And Heard you. So, so that's what I mean when I made that statement. Like, I'm just trying to be authentic and who I am as a sexual being and, you know, in the bedroom. Yeah. If I want to be sexy, let me be sexy and I think about it, you know? What were the messages you received as a young person growing up? Because I'm hearing a lot of before you made this decision to be authentic about your sexuality, you were really concerned about your male partner and his pleasure and his pleasure alone. And like, if you, you know, got pleasure from it or not, it was just like, oh, okay. So I know this sounds horrible, but I really cannot remember my mom having the birds and the bees conversation with me, right? So a lot of our experiences, the, I, a lot of the conversation about sex began and end with don't get pregnant, use protection, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the things that I was exposed to came from conversation with your girlfriends. You know, you might watch a video here or there. And now more than ever on social media, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see it all the time. And I'm just like, why does that people living? You may and have an account for it. it. Hey. Then you see people <laughs> like, oh, oh, you did that and that person did that? Oh, this is a this is a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that is what kind of made me overcome the lack of, you know, conversation that I had growing up and to say, you know what? If this, I knew I was missing something before, but now that I've been exposed to it, I don't want to miss it no more. And I'm just going to step into it and figure it out. I know like a lot of my family members, they aren't really sexual beings, Mm. you know? And like, they're not really like super sexual. They have sex, but you know, they're not, from what I know, I don't know what they do behind closed doors, but (laughs) (laughs) they're not really sexual beings. Like we're not talking about, you don't really hear you don't hear sex in a positive tone. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't heard sex in a positive tone. I've heard sex in a negative way, you know, given traumatic experiences. And I've heard about sex like, oh, yeah, we had sex. And cool, that was it. And so it really takes the pleasure out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so much. I'm learning, like, there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm learning more about myself. And I'm learning more about what the experience has potential to be besides, let me lay on my back. Let me turn around and arch my back. You done? Because you done, and I got to be done. No. Mm -hmm. No. Uh Uh-uh. You done, I'm not done. So this is not complete. So what are we going to do to make sure that I get done? Yeah, because we both need to get done, and I think it became frustrating to me that you know having sex, and I'm just like, damn, I want to keep going. You know, yeah. I wanna, yeah. I wanna keep doing, and maybe keep going don't actually mean penetration. It may be some other level of intimacy or some other level of like a sexual experience. But when you think about sex at the basic level, it's just penetration. No, that's not enough for me, and that's you. what I'm learning now. Yes. Now Ooh, that was a lot to share with people. I don't know. Oh listen, but you you just you set somebody free. I know it because there's somebody who's definitely have had who's had the same experience as you, and they are looking for a way out. And I know that you just saying that just broke their chains. Come on, Tasha Cobbs, you broke every chain. You broke the chain. I, 
I hope that this conversation, you know, planted a seed with somebody. And they was like, you know what? I listen to that and I feel good. That's what I want. I just want yes. to feel good. I hope. Question for you. Yeah. How has your your decision to live a more pleasure-filled life in the bedroom impacted your experience of living a pleasure-filled life outside of the bedroom? Wow. That's a great question. And maybe it's, you know, answer still loading. Answer is still loading. I will say that because I think this was, I mean, don't kill me, y'all. It's not like a new year, new me type of thing. But I really committed to this at the top of the year. Because it just was like, I'm not, like, last year I learned some things. And coming into this year, I'm just like, all right, I learned that. I'm not doing that again. And I, mm-hmm. this is what I want moving forward. Mm-hmm. And as I step into my authenticity more, so I, that's like a, the work I've been doing. Yeah. Like, who, who, who am I really? And as I started stepping into that, then I kind of opened the door a little bit more to what we're talking about right now. But I haven't been able to really get into it because COVID. But also, you know, I haven't met, I haven't met new people and led with this. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm not definitely not going backwards. You know, it's just like, all right, Heard that you. happened. You there. That was fun. Cool. No hard feelings. I see you when I see you. You know, and now it's just like I don't. Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't led with this with anybody else yet. So. But in regards, so that's one part, one piece. But this whole journey walk or this whole walk of authenticity has been really rewarding, really refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's one of the biggest blessings I've ever received because yeah. it's, it's necessary. It's necessary. And we got to take off the mask and just live. You know, and I found that I my living was always kind of hindered based off of what others would think about me. And now I'm stepping out of that. And that's not only in one aspect of my life, but like my entire life and my whole self, you know, the whole me. (laughs) Rhonda, I love that. I love that. And that is a good place to, to just put a pin. What I will say is just double back. I understand that you you know, don't have anyone right now due to the circumstances being what they are, but this is the perfect yeah. time to understand your own pleasure for yourself deeper and deeper. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Heard you. I, I ordered that book from your uh, homegirls. Shout out to my sisters at Afrosexology. Yes. Please check out their website. Please check out all of the essential resources and just knowledge that they be dropping. I'm so grateful for them and I didn't even meet them. So I'm happy I could put that little plug in mm-hmm. for them because it's, it's important. It's important work to do. Yes. Shout out to my girls at Afrosexology. Um, now, we always kind of complete the interview portion. I hate calling the interview portion. This ain't no job. Uh, but <laughs> Rhonda, just complete this sentence. Happiness is? Ooh, happiness is, is peace. Happiness is peace. And when I say peace, peace is with yourself, with what's going on around you, with just finding it. Because with all of the chaos of the world, you gotta you gotta find peace or you gonna go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you will go crazy. So my happiness is always grounded in my peace. Because when somebody come and interrupt my peace, 
oh, that happiness go out the window. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's a problem. And we want to address this problem. So <laughs> I, you got to maintain your peace at all costs. And, you know, once you're at peace with yourself and with anything else that's going on, your happiness is just going to start to show through. You know, you going to walk with a sense of happiness. You're going to walk with light. You know, you're going to walk with just... I don't know. It's just an amazing feeling when you like at peace and you happy. It's like, woo. Yes. Love it. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Now, after we have all this conversation, we move into a part of the show called Let's Spin the Rose Bottle. Let's spin it. Spin it. Spin it. Spin it. Spin it. I spent what an hour and some change, an hour, who knows what the time is, right? I've spent all this uh-huh. time asking you questions. Now mm-hmm. I like to give at the end of the show the guests a moment to ask me a question, right? It can be juicy. It can be dry. It can be nothing. And we move on, but Mm -hmm. I have to give an answer. What's your question? How did you come into your authenticity? Mm. That's a loaded question because I know. It could be many things, but, and I I think think I, right on your spirit. mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would say I'm still, I think authenticity is a, it's not just a point that you reach, but it's a daily commitment. Yeah. Um, so how did I get to a point of daily committing to authenticity? Well, I got tired of the fake shit. Hello? Okay. Truly, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it wears on you emotionally. It wears on you physically. Um, it, it makes you really anxious It mm-hmm. um, because you're always working to put up this front, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I got tired of the fake shit. Yeah. I think okay. that's, the, that's the why, that's the how, that's the point. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm daily committing to being as authentic as possible. Man, let me tell you something. I think that's what I love the most about you. Because mm. when you be giving us life, when you post your pictures, when you oh, post your news, out. Yes. Oh, oh, I'll be like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love it Thank every you. time. And when, just how you lead with that, when you're talking to others, when... You are educating others. Like, you educate. I learned so much from you. And our friendship mm. has only been for a year. Mm. So I learned so much from you. But I know that this is your true self. And mm. you, because you lead with that, it just makes me feel like I can lead with that, too. And wow. sometimes we have um, those different, we have difficult conversations. Yeah. And those difficult conversations come at a great deal of vulnerability. But you just provide that space. And that's something that I really value about our relationship. Rhonda, I really thank you for that. And I receive all of those (laughs) words. I really do. Thank you. That really blessed me. Um, And I thank you so much for coming on to the show, right? Uh Is is there anything you want to plug? Any Instagrams, any social medias, any projects? Just be on the lookout for ready. Um, yes. Maybe once I get all of the social media handles and everything like that, we can add it to the description. Absolutely. So it's not going to be there right away, but just keep revisiting this episode. If you appreciate what I was talking about already, if you feel like you want to support it, um, just come and check back in the description and I'll be sharing all of that with you all. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not I'm not really a social media bull, so I just Your auntie. <laughs> I don't have I don't have a lot of social media. I'd be on Twitter, but I look, I just be there for the cat. Heard you, <laughs> I mean, heard you loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you again so much for coming on, guys mm-hmm. guys and gals and in between. This has been mm-hmm. another episode of the Rose and Thorns podcast. As always, I am P Ryan. I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rose and Thorns a P. Ryan podcast.
You can find Rosé and Thorns on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. That's R-O-S-E-N-T-P-O-D. And you can find P. Ryan on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. Ryan. That's I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. See you next time.